0: The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS. That's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now...
0: It's time for Caffeinated Comics. A lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles. All fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Stephen. Thank
1: you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And Lisa Brown is here... Hello, everybody. And David Brown is here. Hello. And for the first time in five years, Trafton Crandall is here.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we just realized the last time you we were here was Days of Future Past, which was four X Men movies ago. Yeah. Jesus,
2: Why? was it really that many? Wait a minute. No, it wasn't. no, it can't be four. Well, you Days gotta, of Future you Past... gotta, if you count the
1: Deadpools and Logan, yeah. Oh, no, no. And no, no, no it's yeah. two X Men movies ago. And then there's a
2: Logan. Days of Future Past, then Apocalypse, and then this last one. And then Dark Phoenix. Destroyed
1: it. Yes, which okay. nobody saw. But, but in between, there was Logan. Logan, there was Deadpool, there was Deadpool 2. It was five X Men movies ago. Okay.
2: I guess if we're counting all these characters. We're counting characters. them. Fox
1: made them and there were mutants in them. All right, fair enough.
2: <laughs> but. <laughs> <Make> uh,
1: <easy. laughs> we're not here to talk about that. Uh, Toy Story 4 got a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, but we haven't seen that yet, so we're not going to cover it. Maybe um, next week. Maybe next maybe. week. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Things happen. But today. <laughs> Is actually the 30th anniversary of the Tim Burton Batman movie being released in theaters. And uh, this gathering is really interesting because uh, Traff and I are the same age. Yes. So we both remember uh, seeing it that, like a summer in high school and what it was yeah. like before, what it was like after. Um, but the Brown family, yes. you guys all went to see it very recently, didn't you?
3: Yeah, yes. before
2: the anniversary.
3: Yeah, so um, my birthday was back in May, and Fathom Events did a screening on the big screen. They were showing all of the Batman movies oh. because of It was of like the, one a day of the
1: first four, right? Yeah. Right, but this
2: was because of the 75th anniversary of Batman. What's well, 80. 80. It's, oh, I'm sorry, This 80.
1: is the 80th birthday. Yeah, it's the 80th uh, anniversary of Batman, which I forgot was actually that was one of the reasons Batman came out in '89. It was the 50th anniversary.
2: That was part of the 50th oh. anniversary
1: of Batman was that did there they was like, a
2: movie. Hold, hold, hold the movie so lined up that way, or did no? Just I think, happen I think it was happenstance. I mean,
1: the movie t- it took 10 years for Michael Luson to make the movie. Yeah. Without diving right into the history of it, um, Michael Luson worked for DC and worked in the movie industry and like saved up all his money and. Talked with DC and got the rights, and nobody wanted to
2: make it. Which was that's ins- that's insane to think of now. <laughs> yeah,
3: but if you think about the only yeah. movie that they had before that was the Superman with Christopher Reeves. Yeah. But you think Superman
1: would have helped because it was another DC movie, it was a big yeah. hit, and like, and Batman was the number two superhero they had, yeah. and they were like, well, Superman did well, Batman should do well. Nobody want Warner Brothers didn't want it, and they took it to right. like Universal and Fox, and nobody. But wanted Superman's
3: it. an easier yeah. sell because he's appropriate for all ages he's very like Back then right well right. they
1: said the problem was that uh there was a new interview with um michael lucerne and rolling stone and he said and the problem was that because the adam west show was still in reruns oh, right. nobody could think of batman being anything other than that and they're like right. they're like that show the show the adam west show bombed in the third season like it did it did Huge the first season, second season starts to lose viewers, and when you go back and watch those episodes, you realize by the second season, every episode becomes the same. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same story. The first season has variation, so and then
0: third it's season the they cut. Co- product of its time of the nineteen sixties with this camp flavor. Remember the Batu And the, mm. the Simpsons even referenced that when Adam West was on. Yeah, it's yeah. like
2: a, uh, what do you call it? Like a zeitgeist or something. I don't know the proper word, but it's just like it's of its time. It's Very like much you'll outside. never really get that those like ingredients together again. You know.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh,
2: but it was it was such a stink on the brand that there there was
1: nothing they could... <laughs> he could not get this movie Which made, even though they were doing Superman 2, 3, 4. Mm-hmm. And so it took 10 years, so it was happenstance. They didn't wait, say like, oh, in 89, we'll put it out.
2: But it's crazy, because so it's like, uh, when the Batman 66 first came out, Batman the comic was selling so poorly, they were talking about canceling it. So Batman wow. 66 comes along and saves Batman the comic book from getting canceled. Then Batman 66 ruins the chances of Batman getting made in a movie for like 20 years before they figure out like what else it could be beyond this guy in this terrible costume running around like an idiot, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, uh, they, j- everybody thought, and actually at the time,
1: Drafton, if you can back me up on this at uh-huh. the time in 89, I remember having to explain to people why Batman wasn't Adam West like, it
0: matter the importance of the character, its history, its power, its mythic power.
1: Yeah, it, everybody thought, well, like, wait, wait, this isn't funny. Robin's not in it. And I had uh, probably about 87, maybe 88, I think I'd gotten the trade of Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. So when Dark Knight Returns came out, I wasn't reading DC at all. I was just reading Marvel. But then I got pneumonia in my sophomore year. And on the way home from the doctors, we stopped at the mall and at Barnes & Noble, my dad said, you can get any tree payback you want because you're going to be in bed for a month. And I got The Dark Knight Returns because my mm-hmm. friends were saying it was good. And then it, I got so obsessed with it that I snuck out with 103 degree fever to buy the newest Batman and detective off the racks. And it was good because the Batman was the 10 nights of the beast. It was the KGBs. Mm-hmm. And the detective was the first appearance of ventriloquist. So I was completely justified. <laughs> <laughs> you still have that? But yeah, yeah, I got them. Uh, I don't know if that they're my original copies. They yeah, might've been re-bought. Uh, They bought Maybe. Um, but I was obsessed with Batman and I knew what Batman was mo- in the modern world. So when they said they were making it, I got really excited. Then they said they got Jack Nicholson to be the Joker. I got really excited. Oh, yeah. um, but in the outer consciousness,
2: nobody expected this thing to be anything other than Anna West. Mm. Jack Nicholson was casted before Michael Keaton. Is that correct? Mm, I think so. Michael Keaton was the controversial choice. Right. Controversial baton. But that's huge what I'm guessing. I'm saying. Everyone was like Michael pissed. Keaton. But were they pissed before was because N- N- Jack Nicholson hadn't signed on yet? or had Jack Nicholson signed out and they were still pissed because they thought it was going to be like a comedy because of Michael Keaton?
1: Um, well, Nicholson Nicholson could go either way because right. Nicholson could be big. So Nicholson didn't like just scream drama. What was Nicholson's well, big movie before this? I don't he know won the movie, Oscar culture.
3: for Terms of Endearment in before 1983. That. Yeah, and right. he'd also and won, won
1: the Oscar a... for Wonderful of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Right. He was, he and was and one, that was one what, of the 75? biggest stars all through the 70s. Yeah. yeah. He
0: began yeah. with Easy Rider. That put him on the map. Before that, he was doing like biker movies in the 1960s. Roger Corman Roger, stuff, Roger Corman stuff. Chinatown
3: in the 70s. 70s. That sounds good. Yeah. You saw that? So he he yeah. already kind of established himself because I feel like he played these dramatic roles, but they were all they all had a, like a flair of crazy to him. Yeah. So well, like
1: and the Shining, the Shining. Uh, of- yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just gonna of- say because yeah. the Shining, yeah. yes. we're the okay. Shining is 1980. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I, yeah, I guess he does I think look he a was mostly younger. known for being the guy in the Shining at that point because that was such, such a huge such a culture, yeah. and he was known as being like the best crazy guy in town. Although there was, because he was
2: crazy, uh, uh, he's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: but you know, there was, legitimate. um, they were talking to Robin Williams in case Jack Nicholson
0: fell through, because Jack Nicholson wanted a lot of money. He got it. He had a massive deal, which set him up for life. Yeah. Whoever yeah. that agent what? was on that Nicholson deal, I just remember it was like if my visual image is on it, or like just everything tied together. He got paid. Yeah, and set it was his like ass a merchandising for... deal, right? It was. Yeah. Well, they it
1: said was. he he said he was the, needs a raise. Yeah, yeah, he said he was the only one that knew, and he was talking to uh, Jack Valencia, who was like the the uh, president of the actors.
0: Uh, the Actors Union, what am I thinking of? Actors Equity, what am I thinking of? Jack Valenti, the Motion Picture uh, Association Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, said, time, he said he, he was
1: at the Oscars and they were in the bathroom together. And Jack Valenti asked him, he's like, so what about this Batman thing? And Jack said, he goes, Jack, there's no top to what this movie's going to do. And he's, he was saying on the DVD, there's a really good documentary on the DVD sets, which I think they ported over to the Blu-rays and to iTunes. Mm-hmm. And he's on it. And he's like, he's wearing a Batman pin. Oh yeah, he's got a goatee because it looks like he's making the Departed at that point. When oh, cool. On the D. Mm-hmm. And he was so happy, and a very he was
0: saying, "Shrewd man with good business sense, yeah, Jack Nicholson." And he was very saying he was, like, he
1: was a big comic book fan in the Golden Age. Like, oh, wow. And which I guess informs a lot of his style,
0: hmm.
3: like that
1: big bombastic style. And he's like, "No, I love the Joker. I love Batman. He, I wanted to be this character." Yeah. They
3: did yes. kind of as he started aging, so probably. Somewhere in between, like as good as it gets, in 97, and then as good as it get, yeah, he didn't make much. And then, the de- until the departed, and like, I and he's 2000s. retired now, he retired a couple of yeah, years, yeah. But there. he did an interview, I think it was with Rolling Stone, and they interviewed him about the part, the Joker. And they said, You know, what are your thoughts? Do you have any regrets because it was like a cartoon or comic based movie? And he said, No, that's the role I've always been particularly proud of my performance yeah. in he said he over everything a piece else, of pop art. He yeah. said, "Joker,"
1: and he's yeah. he's great in that. And it actually got under my skin. I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Batman movie, but it's way up there. And I know it has lots of problems, and we can discuss all the problems it has. But one of the things that bothered me is um, people love Dark Knight so much, and Dark Knight's a great movie. Was at when he, and Heath Ledger won the Oscar for that, and he deserved it, and it's. Uh, what I loved about Heath Ledger's Joker was he didn't do anything that anybody else had done. Yeah.
0: Yes, With, you know, completely different, almost primal reptilian approach. Yeah, to I mean, character. Jack Nicholson,
1: like, Cesar Romero, Mark Hamill, they're all kind of going in the same direction. Yes, yes, And Heath Ledger went in a totally different
0: direction. Yes. But
1: people use that, especially at the time, to, like sh- to shit all over Jack Nicholson's performance. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. yeah. go back. It's
2: I, really it, great. I think it's definitely something of having not seen it recently because i until we had seen it uh in theaters i probably hadn't seen that movie in like i don't know but w- since before i probably saw the dark knight really and yeah so, it's so been a good a while, 10 years yeah and i remember seeing the dark knight be like wow this is like Heath ledger was like i was unsettled i was just like disturbed to my oh, yes, core but yes. with what he was doing and i remember thinking at the time like man this really blows like jack nicholson out of the water. And then we went and saw Batman in the theater recently. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I wasn't remembering it correctly. Like, he is bonkers in that fucking movie. You know what? He's horrifying.
3: I think Heath Ledger took it in one direction and was like psychotic about it and the darkness. What's beautiful about Jack Nicholson's performance is it's a perfect blend of psychotic, dark, but comedy. Yeah. He yeah, hit yeah, the nail funny. on the head where like Cesar Romero is like total clown, mm-hmm. which is fine. It was a kid show. That's what it was intended to be. But I Jack Nicholson got the blend yeah. and walked that fine balance between funny and absolutely And crazy. that's my
1: favorite kind of joker. I remember yeah. uh, saying years ago there's two kinds there were two kinds of jokers in the comics. There was the kind where he was this black humor and it was macabre and it was very dark. And I wasn't interested in that. What I liked was the Joker that was so funny that you let your guard down around him.
4: Mm -hmm. Was
1: that like, Oh, I like this guy. And then he kills you. Yes. Uh, Which Mark Mm -hmm. Hamill did such a great job of doing that. But yeah. yeah. And
4: and Heath Ledger's Joker wasn't in any way. He wasn't funny. He was just creepy as hell. And that was was great. But like, you know, Jack Nicholson did bring that blend of comedy with, the psychosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he did a nice, nice and I think I
1: think Lisa, you hit it on the head of that, that blend of, of horror and comedy. I think that's what that, the whole movie is that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's, and that's what's so stunning about it. And you have this intensity, uh, Mike, like my casting Michael Keaton, knowing Michael Keaton
0: now. I mean, back Mm -hmm. then it
1: was internet outrage before the internet. Yes. Because people were very much
0: like you're crazy. And uh the producing team of uh, Goober Peters were like mm. uh, Peter Goober said no, we're going with this guy. He was very insistent, he was very And it was Burton's persistent. idea because Burton had worked with him on Beetlejuice. Ah, uh, yes, yes and,
1: and loved him and you know, and he's come back and work. He was just in Dumbo.
0: So like Tim Michael Burton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, Tim Burton loves to work with yeah. Michael uh, Keaton. I, a huge Michael Keaton fan. Always but you know he wasn't he wasn't beginning a... with Batman. But even before that, Beetlejuice you like, like uh, night shift? Oh, yes. Yeah, Night Shift's the great movie. and steals that movie that put Ron Howard on the yeah. map and it really kind of established that kinetic, psychotic yeah. energy, just yeah. that live wire energy that Michael Keaton has. So to see that these two unbalanced guys in that one scene where they're meeting, and uh um, Jack Nicholson is as the Joker comes in and meets uh, Michael Keaton and Keaton's like, you want to get nuts? Yes, Let's get nuts! Does. And boom, and shoots him. And so that scene is so weird. That now. no, but that weird. scene, but that is what Matt is. The entire that's
2: yeah. the entire character. I, I, I always feel like
1: that scene. Like Mike, he was like, can I just go crazy once? Yeah, <laughs> <You know? 'Cause laughs> just he's like he's Like I'm so composed as both Bruce Wayne and
0: Batman. He's like, I just want to yell at him. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. But you see that? Just it's like somebody who actually dons this cape and they're both psychos it just but Batman is just like walking this line between ego and id and is so driven by anger at the injustice at a primal age of seeing his mother and father killed mm-hmm. by the same thug Jack Napier uh, they're really kind of like I remember Steven Spielberg said when he saw Ray Fiennes, around the time of Schindler's List, doing Hamlet, and and Spielberg said he was so entranced by Ray Fiennes' sexual evil, and I think Nicholson really brought that kind of like sexual evil, and Michael Keaton has that too, to these guys, yeah. to yeah. Batman. Well, Tim
1: Burton said that the reason he picked um, Michael Keaton was his eyes. He said there's always something going on, and I was noticing oh, this. You're in, absolutely right. It's like
3: a quiet intensity. Yeah. Well,
1: I I noticed this recently. Um, we were just talking about so Trachtenberg. You said you hadn't seen Spider-Man: Homecoming. I definitely recommend it just for Michael Keaton's performance. Really? But I noticed the thing with Michael Keaton is he never looks the other actor in the eye. He's always glancing off. Oh, he's, all, he's, yeah. all, he's always he always like looks at him and just goes away and just goes away. And there's there's two perfect Michael Keaton moments. One in, in Batman is when he shows up in uh, Wayne Manor and Robert Will's making fun of the the armors. Yes, and he's like it's Japanese. And he's like oh, he goes, "Oh, because I bought it in Japan." And he like doesn't look at them. And he's like Bruce Wayne, and he's just glancing around the room ADD or and bipolar that, yeah. or
0: hypomanic or something well, just
1: well, that manic uncomfortable energy. it's just an yeah. he's, he's yeah. thinking three steps ahead and he's uncomfortable with somebody else in the room yeah. and there's that um, and yeah. I know you haven't seen homecoming but there the the moment in the very beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming where um, the premise is that uh, the vulture was a guy who he built his whole business around cleaning up after the Avengers fight and he was like, oh, we're gonna make all this money because we're gonna do the reconstruction of Manhattan. And then Tony Stark's company comes in and like cuts them out. Oh. And, uh, and and Michael Keaton's like, no, you can't do this to me. He's like, I bought all these trucks, I'm gonna go out of business. Yes. And one of the corporate stiffs is like, Maybe you shouldn't have maybe you shouldn't have overextended yourself. And Keaton gets his smile and just glances He goes, What'd you say? Yeah, And it's nice. and Perfect. as soon as he did that, I went, ah, nice. oh, we're getting full on Michael Keaton. Yeah, and then he wonderful. punches the guy right in the mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's
0: good.
3: It's,
1: but, uh, it, but he has that, he's uneasy around people and he yes. makes people uneasy. Yes. Which is why Beetlejuice is such a great. Yes. Because Beetlejuice oh. is
0: trying to be mm-hmm. your friend and he just makes you more uncomfortable. And he improvises and just goes off on this like rants and Beetlejuice. Yeah. And so, that's
2: what makes his Batman, I think, so compelling. Yeah. Well, they just I, did yeah. IGN or, I don't know, any of these internet things. Somebody was like, uh, "They America voted. Their favorite Batman's like Christian Bale. And this is like... They posted it on their Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's where I saw it. And it's like, uh No. Michael Keaton is. because Michael Keaton
1: was very close. Also, that was unfair because they only judged the live-action film Batmans. And I'm like, wait, Adam West isn't on this? Or Kevin, Kevin Conroy's Conway's
2: not on this? Yeah. But the thing about... Uh, Dietrich Bader uh, even should be on this because I've been about, rewatching watching
1: Brave and the Bold. No, uh, he shouldn't. No, yeah, <laughs> no
2: he's, I mean, he's a great He actually's Batman. great in Brave and Brave the Bold. Brave and uh, I, I hated that show until I watched it. That, I hate I, that guy. That show's Oh, great. no, he's
1: great in everything. He was great in Veep. He was um, great on Drew Carey show. He's God. Um, I've been re- rewatching Brave and the Bold and it is second only
2: to Batman animated series. That show is so much better than you remember it being. Uh, so Michael Keaton is the only guy who plays Batman like a crazy person because Batman yeah. is a crazy person. There's, uh, you, you can't pretend that Batman's just like a rational Tremendously
0: dude. damaged human being. Tremendously.
3: A rational guy but joins that's the CIA. They yes. referenced that in the film. You know, right. and so they kind of make it. He has a line where he says, um, "Because I have to," or something like that. And it's they demonstrate that it's a compulsion, right? I mean, like she says, like says, it's dude. not
1: exactly normal, is it?" And he goes, "It's right. not exactly a normal world, is it?" And yeah, I was seventeen. and I was like, "Yeah!" yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like Christian Bale. He's totally like uh, mentally sound. He's, he's, he's just very, very angry. Yeah, he's just very angry. Mm. But it's like they all play it like they're like, "Nope, I'm well, clear-headed." Yeah. It's like Batman is. Uh, he's 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 just as crazy as all the villains. Yeah. He should be in a yeah. cell next to the Joker in Arkham Asylum. They're all nuts. Yeah. But it's like uh, this guy gets to like
0: join the Justice League, you know? Well, and, yeah. and the and he's uh, the darkest of the iconic superheroes. And they play yeah. that
1: up even more in the sequel, which it comes um, from
0: the darkness, literally.
1: I want to focus more on this movie. I mean, I I could talk about Batman Returns forever because I, mean, I find it a fascinating, fascinating. movie. Uh, <laughs> there's so much weird depth to it in places you don't want to go, and you're there. But that's that theme comes to the front in Batman Returns. where like the three of them. Like we're all freaks and nobody can deal with us. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, is that like Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, and Michael Keaton are all the same? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And except for uh, Christopher Walken is Donald Trump for some reason. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah.
1: But yeah, but um, how did you guys feel seeing it in the theater? What changed from I, I assume that you guys, like, grew up watching this on VHS on a CRT monitor. Okay, yeah.
3: So, so I have our VHS. Of yeah, because Lisa saves everything. I don't Marley. save everything. Almost I save everything. important things. Yeah. <laughs> so we... I don't remember important. the first time we saw it, but it was a VHS tape, and my parents probably showed it to us way before we, we should have seen, seen it. Seen it. Yeah. Sure. Right. So right. we would watch it on a loop, and so it was so badly. We watched it so much that uh, you guys... Do you remember the commercials that were yeah. on the VHS. Daffy Duck. It was yeah, Daffy, Daffy yeah. Duck. No, no,
1: they got older order now. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. You got to have your Warner Brothers t-shirt with your ball cap. Yeah. Get your Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers ball, ball cap. cap. <laughs> I actually just rewatched
4: that that because, <laughs> oh, because of this. I actually it, found it yeah, on YouTube. And the
1: VHS it. was the first VHS tape I ever bought on my own. And I believe... Um, we can get into the marketing of it. I believe it was the first movie that was priced at $19.99 because back mm. then all movies were 100 bucks because only video stores bought them and then rented them out. And mm. that then was one of the first movies where they were like,
3: for like home, no, buying, you buy this like, and
1: you take this home. Yeah. And I remember I ran into Sam Goody's uh, after school. Because we had a mall across... A, no, I know. It was it a, was a
0: record store. It was yeah.
1: a
2: joke. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> you don't know Sam Goody? It was, Sam good. Sam it was 1989. Record
0: stores? Mall record stores? Yeah, malls? Products of the late <laughs> I've the shopped century. there. Same. I know what you mean. I know Sam Goody. You forget a lot a, of things. I remember it. it was there was a mall across the
1: street from my high school where we all hung out, and I ran in there... And went right up to the register, and they had the one sitting on the register, like, we have this doc, and I snatched it off the register and handed it to the person. (laughs) And she was like, we have an end cap, like, right over there. I was like, I'm here. This This is here. I'm taking it. (laughs) I want to know. So I remember those commercials very well. Yeah, yeah. But that was your introduction to it.
3: Yeah, so we would all watch it. So my parents, there was a lot of us, and we were a lot. So we would do, like, uh, we used to kind of have, like, sleepovers. I don't know how else to say it, but we would grab our sleeping bags and all line them up in the living room, and we'd stay up half the night. But just the
1: siblings. Just the siblings, yeah. and
3: we would just, like, jump all over the couch and make beds out of the couch cushions, and we would watch Batman. Endlessly. Endlessly. Wow. And so there were a couple movies in that rotation, but it, we always came back to Batman, so it's like this VHS has, like, half the covers ripped off. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> And I still have it in... I don't have a VHS player. I did, but...
1: But you still have the I, tape. Have, the, I have the tape. The so, tape. How, so how did it feel watching it in a the theater?
3: It was... Um, I feel like there were a lot of stuff that people noticed. Like, nothing jumped out at me. Well, no, something... The cars. I noticed some details. So, like, uh, the Joker cars, the, his yeah. henchmen. I didn't know there were Christmas lights in the cars.
1: Ah. Like, oh, you can't, yeah. see, I don't remember seeing see it. it on the yeah. DVD yeah. or the
3: VHS. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, I never, I've seen this movie, no joke, at least Four, 400 500, times, 500 times. 500 times easily. Wow. And so it was, I noticed, like, small details. But I've seen the movie and I watch it pretty regularly. So there was nothing that, like, mm-hmm. other than details that kind of jumped out at me. But
2: I think uh, we might have talked about this because I think we talked about it, like, Oh, when like, I've see seen it, it. Yeah. and then, like, the next day we did a podcast, but the prosthetics on the Joker, I never oh, noticed. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you, know, you know, it's, like, mystery how they right. do this or whatever, but it's, like, he's wearing lips in front of his lips. He's got yeah. this massive thing on well, his face. Well, he built up his cheeks. Yeah, they kind of laid all this foundation, and his... Teeth are really far set back because he's got fake lips in front mm-hmm. of his lips. Mm-hmm. It
3: always creeped me out the color of the lips because they weren't like a natural. Right. They're
2: like this darker, like slight brown
3: like almost plum. Well, when
1: he, yeah, when he puts on like human makeup, yeah, yeah, because well,
2: like, they, they put the white makeup on yeah. and then covered it yes. with like white guy, and paint. it's so, it's, it's so much
1: weird, creepier. That yeah. like, the yeah. scene, the scene where the whole mobs in there yeah. and he's like, well, that's with that stupid grin. He's like. Life's been good to me. It's you, the creepiest You know what, moment.
3: it looks, because the the, the uh, flesh uh, tone that they put on over the white was off. It didn't match his skin tone. Yeah. So it almost looked like he was painted by a mortician. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I think of. It's like, yeah. it's a bad mortician it job. It looked weird. And, and yeah, it and looked looks like so cool. rubbery yeah. skin. So he almost it, looked and like And that was the first
1: Joker uh, they ever showed that was mutilated. Because, you know, Cesar mm. Romero just wore the makeup right. and covered his mustache and, and just went out there. But like, I, and when they cast Jack Nicholson, one of the only things that I had a problem with was I was like, well, he doesn't have that long face that mm-hmm. that um, the Joker has. The Joker has that long, shit, ch- the classic, like yeah. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, Neil Adams has that long face because it's all teeth and comes down. And I'm like, Ugh. but Nicholson has this round head. How are they going to do that? And, and I actually I remember reading an interview with Sam Hamm before the movie came out, and they hadn't cast a Joker yet. And he said, he said in it, well, I really, really like, there's a young actor called Willem Dafoe that I think would be a great Joker. Oh, he would, yeah.
3: he, he has the look. And well, yeah. what was so
1: great is that he ends up playing the Green Goblin. You mm-hmm. know, and so every, when he was announced as the Green Goblin, I was like, oh, we're going to see what his Joker would have been like. And I really think his Norman Osborn would have been his Joker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But, but, the way they saw that was Nicholson has a big grin, but he has this round face. But that they just stretched out the cheeks and, and that he actually gets scarred. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, that became a big part of Heath Ledger. And that's kind of the established look of the Joker. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never thought that Cesar Romero fell into a vat no. and was bleached white. Right.
3: What, mm. what stood out for you in the theater, David? Um,
4: I think for me, it was probably just the effects. Like, that was something that was you know as a kid i never paid attention to but uh just like in the opening in the opening scene you have like the two guys that you know attack the family yeah. and then they're going they're counting the money and it zooms up um and it shows like batman's silhouette mm-hmm. as he kind of like walks inside or something and it's like a very old like oh, cgi yeah. Um no, and then pre CGI. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like pre CGI. And then um the other thing that Well, there's like an animated shot when yes. he, when, yeah. yes. when he right.
1: swoops around and it's just right. and and it's just, just animation yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah.
4: And then um and then all the models like that, they used mm-hmm. so, like, when the uh, oh, the, the bat up
2: the chemical plant, and it's like clearly, like, a right.
4: And plant. or what when um, the bat is it the bat plane? I don't know what it's specifically called, I'm sure it has a name. It's bat plane, bat plane. When it crashes, yeah, and it's yeah. just like you could tell there's no weight to the thing, <laughs> yeah, like it's just like it's a matchbox <laughs> yeah. situation, yeah. <laughs> um, but. That being said, like, I mean, that was something that I never noticed when we were kids. Like yeah. didn't even well,
2: seeing it on the screen, it's right. It's like yeah. it's such a different experience. So it's cool that they do stuff like that. Um, but it's like it, there's also like a kind of a charm to that kind of stuff. It's like like God. City, it's like it's just a painting. Right. You know, yeah. Right. it's like it's just Well like what's amazing about that movie was
1: at the time it was the most expensive movie ever made. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It cost thirty million dollars.
2: That's insane.
1: That's nothing. And uh and you know it was before CG, so they didn't have those kind of tools. So everything was models. I mean, Matt it was Payne's, built on this
0: practical effects. Yeah, it was built
1: on the same kind of technology as the original Star Wars. Right, I mean, you know, but I feel crazy like that it costs
2: more than Star Wars.
1: But you know, not, like an indie costs thirty million now. Like right. I was right. watching, uh, I was watching Doom Patrol on the DC app, and in the last episode, there's this, like big CG robot that they're fighting, and I'm like, yeah, they could never afford to do this in Batman. And I'm like, this is a fairly. Low budget show that they right, made right. for their but app, I feel like... And they can still have full CG battles in it.
3: Yeah, to mm. Steven's point, like kind of the charm of the movie. So I appreciate practical effects done by skilled workers as opposed to stuff that's like computer generated. It's just, I'm very old school. Um, so in the same way that I appreciate like the universal monster movies, yeah. I now see that quality in Batman 89. Mm. So it's like, it doesn't ruin it for me if I figure out oh like, oh, look at how bad these I don't think the, the special effects yeah. look bad or yeah, terrible I don't or dated. They look bad. They, because they're very practical, very old they're now like old school Hollywood. Yes. And, every
0: film is a product of its time. I mean yeah. and despite what George Lucas does in brushing up the original trilogy every five or two, seven years so he can put out more product to keep the empire he needs going. he more money.
1: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> until Disney just took it away from him. Yeah, right, got right. it. Here's all the money in the world. Stop it.
2: Go away. <laughs> but
1: I think... Um, they what, just paid him to stop
3: it. Yeah.
0: What I enjoyed the most about this movie uh, was that we are all, like, of a generation that saw... Well, like, John and I's generation, the VHS generation, mm. you all saw mm-hmm. it on, on tape, and now we can view it on an iPod and just... Smaller screen, but just you have to see something on a big screen and to me Batman 89 was very visual It was very cinematic. You have to see it in a movie theater a good movie theater and to me what Burton really captured was this visual surrealistic image, like the first shot of Gotham City is just this hellhole of like, I remember they said they wanted to capture Manhattan if there was no zoning, but these huge vertical, it's this surrealistic nightmare landscape and the Jack Nicholson Joker Mm -hmm. really is this maestro of evil, like a demented ringmaster. Nearly at the end we have the, the third act where he's just... People are being gassed and there's chaos and then Batman swoops in for the big finale. So it's this nightmare ringmasters, demented circus. And that's what Batman to me always has been. It's literally like you're going into the lower depths of hell. Yeah, And these, these characters, the Joker, whether it be the Man Bat, whether it be Catwoman, they're all just the most, just something primally, primal fear. It's like human beings in the jungle looking at eyes in the darkness, like glowing red eyes, and just this primal fear that Batman comes from the darkness and he's like the only thing holding back these forces. It's just his sheer will and anger to stop the, the injustice.
3: The aesthetic, that's what I really like about the aesthetic is that I agree with that completely, but it's the juxtaposition of the dark gray scale kind of color palette of gotham mm. and then you introduce the joker He's with so like bright. plaid yeah. pants yeah. and like you know kind of going crazy and so it's but it's the lightness that represents yeah and the I think evil the first, in a way. this is
0: the first
1: movie uh definitely the first movie but i don't even think in the comics they had done it as much where they turned gotham into a surrealistic world like Before then, even in the comics, even like Neil Adam comics, it's it's just a city. It's New York. It's like, we'll draw some buildings. Here's some buildings. I mean, certainly Adam West was like a back lot. It was Los Angeles. Right. right. If you watch the Adam West movie, they're just driving around Sunset Strip. But
3: (laughs) But I feel like like they probably went darker with this one because people thought Batman was a joke. So I wonder like how much of Burton's style or aesthetic was... Well, they said, doing they said specifically even, the opposite uh, of sixty six.
0: Even the producers thought it was too dark, and Burton was like, "Nope, this a nah. <laughs> dark maestro yeah. of he." Tim Burton always is this gothic priest of the left hand path man who's just familiar with the darkness. He loves embody. He's a highly visual guy. You just go for the visuals and what he's going to take you on an imaginary tour through. It's going to be this, like you said, Lisa, this comedic kind of like unstable acid trip. Yeah. Through yeah. the Darkness. That's Tim Burton. Man, and it's you're not going to be. Just along s-
2: for the ride.
4: Oh, you're yeah. Just
0: along for the ride and just enjoy it. And it's not going to be narratively. John and I have analyzed Batman 89. Like, the part two is a mess. It's just episodic, just Jack Nicholson doing his thing. And right. Well, that the, the, doesn't hold up narratively. With visually, the vision, it's so visually good. Visually, it's this, just you're along. There's for almost it.
1: no story. Like, when you go in right. there, it's like you. Um, Batman's already Batman and yes. he's he's just running around as Batman. We see the origin and the Joker and then it's like an hour of of Bruce Wayne dating Vicki Vale and then Joker doing things. Like the Joker has no plan, which which is funny because in Dark Knight he says, "Oh, I don't have a plan." He's like, "I'm a dog chasing That's cars." The point. He has yeah. so many plans where he's like, "I got two boats and these two things over here and I'm going to drop this woman out a window and I'm going to like and he's like, and "I'm burning half the money and I'm going right. to put your eye through a pencil." Jack Nicholson has no plan. Jack Nicholson is like chaos. He's, sitting, the Joker is in, chaos. he's just sitting in a room like cutting out pictures of Vicki Vale. I never understood of, that. In the middle Why of the room, he's that just, like, seen there. Ah. Why is he crazy. Yeah, he's like, he takes over the mobs and then he's like, eh, now I'm gonna date Vicky Vale. And that's like a half an hour. And uh, Batman's not trying to then he has like the whole thing of like the cosmetic products. But then they solve that in two minutes. Batman's like, Oh yeah, stop taking showers. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's nothing that pulls you through. You're just you're just watching Joker scenes and Batman mm-hmm. scenes in this environment, mm-hmm. but it's so visually interesting yes. to this day that you don't care.
2: Yeah, it's the first time, uh only you know, having looked back on like what came before uh, I'd never seen Gotham City as like a character. Oh it yes, such a character absolutely, in it, mm-hmm. and, and it must be a character. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it should be, and it has to I be. I think since that movie, everyone's kind of like, okay, Gotham City's like um, meth addicts built Gotham City. Yes, right? Right. you know what I mean. Well, it was
0: interesting right after that. Antichrist in the darkness. You can't. It's like Rome. Ancient Rome was just this. You you would have like a mansion of aristocrats, and next door there's this towering suburba, There's a nice someone's got a knife behind a door. That's what you get in Gotham. Just yeah. this primal. It's, a, it's literally a jungle. The city is jungle. Yeah, but the, the Anton first drew the
1: the design of Gotham. It was so influential that the next year DC did a three part story it was Batman Detective in the Legend of the Dark Knight, where they introduced that style into Gotham. And these days. You'd just be like, new artist takes over, everything looks different. But mm-hmm. Back then, they had to come up with a plot reason, and they had this saboteur who was blowing up all of the faceless skyscrapers in Gotham, and every time they blew up a building, behind it was one of Anton first-designed buildings. And then by the end of the story, they were like, oh, Gotham's pretty interesting. And they kept a lot of those structures. Like, you could mm-hmm. see his designs. There were several, like, landmark buildings that he did in the skyline that you could even see in Nightfall. Because that that movie became Gotham City for everything across. Right. And then, of course, mm. you know, Batman the Animated Series, they painted everything on black paper. Yeah. There's not so much of an architectural design in that. There's still a lot of flat buildings. Yes. But everything was about the tone and shadow after after that first movie. Yes. Yeah.
0: And they took it in the Animated Series even further with Dark Deco. And it's, yeah. again, the surrealistic, you have like prop-driven planes with highly computerized systems in the Bat-Jet and the Batcave and the 19... It's just like, it's this timeless surrealistic vision. And that yeah, comes I mean, from series. that like, comes from this I movie because he's got oh yeah.
1: Batman has all these computers and and, it. and he's got surveillance cameras and everything in the back everybody's walking around with fedoras yeah. and trench coats well, and Well it's interesting because it's
2: like everyone's got uh, there's like blimps and shit and all the cars are like from the 40s but yeah. then like the cops are using laser guns because yeah. they can't use bullets because of TV. Oh I
1: just saw uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The directed video movie. It's actually really good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, Yeah, it was Friday night. We didn't have anything to watch, and I was like, I'm in a Batman mood. Yeah, let's just buy it on iTunes. Uh, But there's a scene where the Ninja Turtles are in Gotham, and Michelangelo looks up. He's like, There are blimps everywhere. What do they do? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And there and there's a scene where they actually like. I think it's Donatello and Michelangelo like fall off like a drone and they think they're going to die, and they land on one of the blimps, and yeah. Michael Lynch is
0: like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> blimps it was save lives. such a weird yeah. hybrid, huh? Yeah, and, yeah. That,
1: and that comes from the animated series, but there's, that, there's this... It does remind me of the balloons that Jack Nicholson has in the parade. Yes. Well, there's a mix, because
3: yes. it's very much... Like, if you look at Kim Basinger's outfits and hair, mm-hmm. so 80s. But then if you oh, look yeah. at all the men acting opposite her, um, like Knox very like 40s yeah. or 50s mm-hmm. newspaper um, kind of uh, costumes and stuff. So it is mm. kind of a blend. And I think part of the throwback to the older eras makes it somewhat timeless because yeah. you do have the older cars, you have the right. some older costumes. And for some, like some reason all it's so
2: consistent. Are mm-hmm. in like the jackets like the leather jackets yeah. and like when he when they go into like the newsroom like
1: all the jokers henchmen are in like flight jackets right. yeah but
2: even like that newsroom they go into looks like it's a detective agency from like the 30s or the 40s Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. all this old, old wood yeah, yeah wood and file cabinets everywhere and stuff and it just it looks so uh different than in
3: that when they're kind of going through the newsroom they have this one uh artist is making fun of Knox and he gives him like the paper yeah. that's like a bat wearing a suit. Yeah. Um. In the, in the corner it says, it has like Bob Kane's name. Yeah. right. Who's the guy though? Is that supposed... He's an actor.
1: I, I looked it okay. up. It's I didn't not, know if it, it was, was a, a cameo. Bob Kane, but Bob I didn't Kane think it was Kane. Draw that. Have you seen this man? Okay. The guy, the guy in a pinstripe suit with a bat head? Yeah. And he did have the Bob Kane signature. Although no Bob, Bob Kane, somebody else might have drawn it and he put yeah. his name on it. Yeah. He spent 20 years at DC Comics doing just that. Yeah, right. it's
2: kind of crazy because, you know as a kid. We knew who Stan Lee was because, you know, he was kind of everywhere. But that was the only other, like, comic creator we knew as kids was Bob Kane. It's like, mm-hmm. He made Batman. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, Bob Kane was a real piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, this, guy, this guy actually didn't invent Batman. This other dude, Bill Finger, did it. And it's like, yeah. it's just Bill crazy. Finger died penniless on alcohol. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's Lord, crazy. that's the same tale throughout capitalistic. Usually Edison was very famous for not inventing anything that he could not capitalize and bring to market. Whereas you have so many people who are like the first movers. Yeah, Nikola Tesla dies
2: penniless. This
0: guy
1: was a
2: goddamn genius.
0: Thomas Edison everyone like,
1: he's so brilliant. Well, Well, they said Bob Kane came up with Birdman. And Bill Finger was like, nah. Yeah.
2: Like that's what but he had. He's the, like he the had the Batmobile, wings. Robin, the Joker, the yep. Penguin, Joker all the was Jerry Robinson. From City, like everything was built. Well, Finger. he
1: had a studio. Really? Bob, Bob Kane ran a studio of like 5, 6 guys. Bill Finger was part of that. Dick Sprang was there yeah. later. Um when Mortimer uh Jerry Robinson created the Joker as like a one-off story. I actually had a playwriting professor. Uh I was in a playwriting class and I had a new issue of Legends of Dark Knight and he said uh and my professor looked at me and he goes, "Oh, you you you're like Batman. He goes, yeah. He goes, oh, my friend created the Joker. I was like, your friend's Bob Kane. He goes, no, my friend's Jerry Robinson. Wow. And you know, this is back in the '90s, so Jerry Robinson was an old man, but he's still around.
0: In yeah, New York but, City. Yeah.
1: But you know what? They were cranking them out. I'm reading the Golden Age omnibuses now. Um, they're perfect bedtime material because you can fall <laughs> asleep in the middle of one and not miss anything. And they're twelve page stories. But they were cranking them out. I I realized that they were doing, um, in a two month period, they do were doing like two issues there was like a full issue of Batman every month where there was uh, a monthly detective they did a 12 page story then Batman was like bi-monthly or quarterly there were three stories and then there was World's Finest where there was a 12 page Batman story and then a 12 page Superman story and there was like six seven guys were just cranking these things (laughs) out and they didn't have the luxury of continuity it wasn't like okay what did we do like Stan Lee was like hey what did we do last month All right, Dr. Doom got away well let's find out where he is like, everything was just self-contained, where it was like, half of those stories opened up with like, Betty Johnson moved to Gotham City, and she had stars in her eyes. And you're in like, four pages of like, this woman's life going off the rails, and then a guy holds her up at gunpoint, and Batman shows up. It's like, they had to generate so much stuff. But Bob Kane made sure his was the only name on it. In fact, that was his DC contract.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. People ruiners. Ruiners. Yeah.
1: So say yeah. what you want about Stan Lee. Stan Lee said the name Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko a lot.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You always senior. got that sense of humanity and decency in Stan Lee. Yeah. A, a very smart entrepreneur, a brilliant self-promoter. Brilliant, self-prom- no, brilliant nobody self-promoter. Nobody better in
1: comics at self-promotion than Stanley. Yeah. I think mean, Stan Lee took any gig that would get him in front of a camera. Like we grew up we were talking about Spider Man and his amazing friends. Yes. That's that where I
0: first encountered Stanley. Yeah, because Lee's he boys. would
1: narrate them for you know, what did they pay him to do that? Thirty five dollars. He's like, "Here comes Loki, the god of mischief," and what happens if Iron Man shows up? Yeah. We did. Um, <laughs> a long I, I've shown it to you guys, but on my on our YouTube channel when we did stand up, yes. well, we we did this super mash cut from all Stanley introductions of Fantastic Four and Iron Man of this story that just rambles. Everywhere that's nonsense, where yeah, he's like, he's like Galactus shows up, but he's accused of murder. <laughs> like, and then the Sandman teams up with Sue Storm's father, <laughs> and just and then we, uh, it's a stop motion animation of like the Stanley action figure from San Diego of like just gesturing in the Fantastic Four, like slowly pushing him off the stage. But nobody else in comics had that, but Bob Kane. They said Bob Kane created Batman because he wanted to be Bruce Wayne. He didn't want to be Batman.
2: Yeah, mm. you hear a lot about that. Is like he got when he started getting money. Guy got some plastic surgery. Like he really kind of wanted to live that. He like wanted Bruce to be Wayne. a rich playboy. Yeah. Yes. And, and it was kinda modeled fulfillment. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy because it's like you know you look at what Batman even was and it's like you know what did this guy come up with. It's like well he just grabbed a little bit of the shadow and a little bit of this, a the spider, a little bit of Superman, throw yeah. it together and it's like. It's like, how much can you rip off all these other things, stir them up in a pot and create like a new thing? Yeah. And now that thing is the thing that everyone's ripping off.
1: Well, the th- and that's the thing about Batman is that really, it's not so much the creation of Batman that we love. It's, it's really the interpretations. Because it's like, what I love about Batman is, yeah, there's a little bit of the golden age in there. But I, think, but I love like Neil Adams and Norm Brayfogle and Greg Capullo and Bruce Tim and Tim Burton. And it's mm. what people came and added to that that made that character more and more and more interesting, yeah. which is such a contrast from my other f- favorite sp- superhero, Spider Man, which Stanley did perfectly. And everyone's just trying to reach what standard? A no, Toob mm-hmm. a version of it. Yeah, because you can do Spider Man wrong. You can't really do Batman wrong. It's like Batman's in space and he's a vampire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. You can't really take Spider Man out of New York. It breaks it pretty quick. But Batman yeah, he's does always got to be funny. He's always got to be right. relatable.
1: You know, he can't, he can't have too much money. He can't be, he, his life can't go that well. Right. But, but Batman, you can, I mean, we've had, well, until Into the Spider-Verse, he always had to be Peter Parker. But we've had, like, several different Batmans. You know, there's Gotham by Gaslight, there's Batman Beyond, there's, like, he doesn't even have to be Bruce Wayne. Right. hmm
2: I would actually argue is, like, us uh, a good point uh, my buddy Craig made, is, uh, you know, we were talking because he wanted to read Batman comics. He's, like, dabbles in comics. Yeah. And uh, I always recommend year one because it's like my favorite mm-hmm. Batman story. And he, he he pointed out, and this is like kind of, I haven't really been able to shake this, but he's like, uh, Batman kind of sucks as a character. Like as a character, there's nothing to Batman. It's everything mm-hmm. around Batman that's interesting. Yeah. Gotham's interesting. Batman is like a visual is interesting. The villains are interesting. The supporting cast is interesting. Alfred's interesting. Jim Gordon's interesting. But it's like, we could talk about Peter Parker. We know who Peter Parker is. You can kind of define how Peter Parker acts and his character. And it's like, there isn't really anything to Batman. It's like, it's true
3: because if you reading multiple Batman comics, uh, if there was something to Batman, there would have to be more Bruce Wayne or like, there's no layer to Batman. So if you think about like a Spider-Man comic, think of how often do you see Peter as Peter struggling to pay the rent, taking care of Aunt May, dating Mary Jane, Um, working at a job and, like, messing up and, you know, J. Jonah Jameson yelling at him or whatever and him trying to defend Spider-Man. Like, Peter is very well-developed. And if you take Batman away from Bruce Wayne, there's nothing. Right. Which is part of the... It's a good thing and it's a bad thing because it makes him a great case study. (laughs) Like, if you want to, like, go and study, like, Freudian... You know, case conceptualization. Batman's perfect for that. And I totally wrote a paper well, a on it in grad shot, school.
1: The perfect shot of Batman is in Batman Returns, which Tim Burton had more freedom to do. Mm, but it's, but I one think would argue too, too much, much. Too much. Too much. Bring uh, it. Pull it. Pull it, it, it 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 kids. It's debatable. You did scare the kids. Yeah. <laughs> although yeah, although uh, we were watching Batman Returns and there's that shot where it goes over the zoo. And it, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's flying over the zoo. And I went, uh, and I'm watching with the boys, and I go, this is the most Tim Burtony thing I've ever seen. And Ben goes, what? And then I just going, I just start going, what's this? What's this? There's penguins everywhere. I this? think of Batman the same Disney? thing. It's totally Tim Burton. Yeah. But the first time you see Batman in that. It's, it's definitely the way Tim Burton thought about Bruce Wayne in the 89 movie mm-hmm. is he's sitting in a chair doing nothing and then the bat signal gets up, oh, yeah. goes on and he stands right up. There mm-hmm. is no Bruce Wayne. No. And Tim Wayne Burton didn't think there was a Bruce Wayne. Bruce right.
0: Wayne is a persona that this is probably of all the great superheroes the most lonely one of all. He's Batman is a king. Bruce Wayne is a king. And you're surrounded on all sides. You're in the total dark. It's like the Batman is like of lone light in the crushing depths of the ocean and just Mm -hmm. so was marred and scarred by losing his mother and father in front of him in a very, and just that just marked him. And he was like through furious anger and rage, it's like, he will not let anyone in. Bruce Wayne is the mast presented to the world. Batman is the true
1: personality. And because of that, that's why when you go into the Batman world, you start adding these characters that dilute that because, because he has this whole huge family around. There's Alfred, there's Robin, there's Nightwing, there's Batgirl, there's Batwoman. Alfred is the only one who
0: can get close to him. The only father. And in this
1: movie, everyone is removed. Robin was originally in the third act and they cut him out.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that.
1: Um, Yeah. And then he was in Batman Returns and they cut him out. And, uh, he wasn't. He doesn't show up until Batman Forever, which is a totally, basically, a different universe at
0: that point. Oh, that's mm-hmm. Joel but Schumacher. But anything the disco, Superfly, seventies yeah. yeah. interpretation. But 90s. any connection? It's, that he the, would
3: gay have Batman. Batman it's the gay Batman. Batman has no Batman. Ravel Kilmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: the the Schumacher. But in vision. this,
1: Batman has no relationship with Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon's there. They never speak. Yeah. There's in '89. There's no. Yeah. There's okay. no yeah. class. They introduced the Bat-Signal at the very end of the movie, yes. but there was no scene that where was they're it, on yep. the roof with the Bat-Signal, and Batman lands and goes, what's going on? The Joker's attacking. That's classic See, Batman That's
3: what I. that's where they come closest to giving Batman a personality. It's in his relationships with other people. Yeah. So it's like the father relationship with Alfred, the friendship with Jim, the kind Again, of relationship he has up. with with um, Barbara. Mm. Right, So sometimes she can put him in his place depending on who's writing the story. Um, and then like his relationship with Dick um, yeah. because Dick will well, put him in his place. Well, he has a different relationship
1: with every Robin, which is why I think yeah. all of the Robins are viable and exist in the DC Universe because his relationship with Dick and Tim and Damien and Jason are yeah. all different.
3: Well, that's what I kind of wonder, is that why they, they will never have the marriage between Catwoman and Batman? Because what do you do if you give a guy a personality? Like he's existed right. for 80 years with no personality, that would be a game-changer. Yeah. So how, who does Batman become with Catwoman, which was essentially what he was writing to, but it was like I bought all those, like, oh, my God, are they finally going to do it? And I thought, of course they're not going to do it. They can't do it.
1: Yeah, and the story's not over yet. Even though even though he's pulled off Batman, they're giving him another title to finish that story.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Batman and Catwoman, it's interesting. They'll never be able to get together. They're two alike. They're, they're both aristocratic to the bone uh, and just... Antisocial. Antisocial and, and again star crossed. They would destroy each other if they were married. It would be a marriage from hell. Yeah. No, it can't work. And Bruce again, Wayne that, knows that, that can't work because he's the world's greatest detective. He's constantly in his mind. He's just in the in the cave of his mind, constantly thinking about everything that can go wrong. That's why I heard that of Superman if Superman ever goes out of control, Batman always has a contingency plan for mm-hmm. anything that can attack because him. He's, never he's got kryptonite safety. in the belt. He's, he's got, also paranoid. He's always looking it. into the darkness and that has to be just horrific burden to carry as a human being. Well, that's what he
1: is. He's just, yeah. he's he's constantly carrying this burden and whether it's self-imposed or not. And a lot of people think it is because it's, oh, yeah. when you go into it, you're like, okay, when his parents die? Like 25 years ago? Like, right, he's
2: super rich.
1: Yeah, it's like if you're Still 30, life, buddy. like, you know what, if you're, 30 and your parents die, you get over it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he's willing himself to stay in this place. And the motivations change depending on on who's doing it. Some people do it in a positive place where he goes, well, actually, I'm I'm making a difference by doing this. So I'm going to keep doing this to make Gotham a better place. I'm going to uh, take in these wards and, and teach them so this gets better. And then there's other places where he's just like, no, oh, everything's bad. Well, and I like the
2: argument they make when... And they I think more it's been done more uh more than once. Several I don't know if it's different creators or if I've just seen one creator do this multiple times, but I have a bad memory, so I don't know who said this. But they talk about Batman has all this money, He's Bruce Wayne and he decides yeah. I'm gonna fight a war crime, a billion dollar airplane and a billion dollar car and a super suit and I'm gonna go out with all these gadgets and weaponry and blah 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 and fight crime. And then the argument is like if you had just taken that money and put it towards anti-poverty measures or he could have done more with his money trying to help Gotham than I'm going to put on a crazy expensive suit and And then just go punch muggers (laughs) until, you know, they're broken. It's like, uh, he's not doing the smartest thing he can do to help his city. Right. He's he's just and there are serving stories where he does both.
1: There's a lot of a lot of things about the Wayne Foundation right. and right. like how and how it's rehabilitating criminals or they open a new community center that he's paid for and he sponsored this person, But then he still puts on that suit and punches people. Right. Yes,
0: and the people he's punching aren't just thugs, although you do see that in, in the opening, the muggers and such, in the, in the 89 movie. But you're going up against primal archetypes of evil, the Joker, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayface, just the, the the rogues gallery monsters. Of evil yeah. monsters from the abyss. I yeah. mean, the, the in Batman, it's like literally, that's why human beings love to be scared. So imagine we're coming from the jungle and we're constantly surrounded by more powerful forces of nature. We have to work together. But there's that, we love ghost stories and Batman essentially deals with the, ghost, the ghosts in all of us and the darkness and like really that, goes um, the furthest into it. Well, you because it's about, a about it's about trying to stare the void. Doctors. The
2: void stares back. Type yeah. thing is like you become a demon to fight demons. You know. Yeah. But then somebody was one well, of the animated episodes. I think made the argument where it's like, uh, and it's tricky, right? Because this is the way comic books work. Is like the superhero gets the origin, and then a bunch of villains get their origins to fight the hero. Right? Mm. Electro doesn't exist before Spider-Man. Spider-Man, right. and then all these other guys, and they make the argument that it's like Batman's first. So Batman is there's just regular criminals. Batman goes out. and he creates the monsters. Criminals. Yeah. Starts... How many of them get
1: inspired by right. this guy running this, around in like, a suit? It's a copycat
2: idea. And that was something I really liked at the end of Batman Begins. It was really exciting was they they have that back and forth. All Commissioner right. Gordon and Bruce, our Batman, where he's like, you know, uh, cops start wearing bulletproof armor. The uh, cr- criminals are buying armor-piercing rounds. You know, it's escalation. And it's like, you know, you put on a mask and jump off a roof. What comes next? And then he shows like the Joker card. He's like, look look at this guy, and it's that same idea. And that was part of the dialogue that Joker and Batman have in the interrogation room in that movie. Is that like Batman basically signaled to psychos, this is the new way to do crazy. (laughs) You know, it's like Mm -hmm. get get a gimmick and put on a fucking costume and go out there and just wreak havoc. And the response to that is. Clayface, and man yeah. Bat, Joker, and mm-hmm. Mr. Freeze, and all these other... See, that's what I would,
1: I would have loved. Um, Joe has pitched a Batman 89 book that uh, to DC that fell apart, I think because of licensing. Um, my guess is that uh, Michael Keaton's likeness is not owned by DC. Because um, Jack Nicholson, I know, is not... this is Hot Toys figure, which I put there uh, in front of us, is one of the only Jack Nicholson Joker pieces made since 1989... Because his likeness is very expensive, which is also why there's no shining figures out there. You know, there's
3: no. That's also why this shirt is bootleg from a comic con several years ago. Cause oh, it's the, got the shirt you're wearing. Its face yeah. on it. Yeah, the,
1: um, but that was his face. Where I think the Batman suit—that's just a mouth in a suit. Yeah. But I did notice when the Spider-Man Homecoming figures came out, Vulture did not have an unmasked head.
2: Yeah, I think there I think you're absolutely right. It's, I think there is probably this. And I think licensing. Michael Keaton
1: when he did Homecoming he's like, Look out Batman, I know how much money you're gonna make on this. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not gonna do it. Uh, well that's the thing, but... like
2: he still gets checks for Batman. He was on some podcast I listened yeah. to like years ago and he was saying like yeah every couple months or whatever it was just the in check theaters rolls in and yeah. Michael gets, yeah michael Keaton is still getting checks for batman for and royalties and all this stuff. i'm sure, really? jack, I'm sure nicholson jack nicholson is too, is too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah cuz he <laughs> made
1: he a really buy good he hot
2: toys and he's getting a piece of that
1: but when when the batman 66 series was around uh, dc comics did a series oh, yeah. of for about 3 years where they did new comic stories based in the adam west world And it was uh, set in that tone. And it was like a lot of writers and artists kind of doing their tribute to the series. And they brought in villains that had never been in the series. There was like a Bane issue and a Harley Quinn issue. And there was a Two-Face special. Yeah. as if it was the
2: '60s. Right. They even mm. based the characters on what actors would have played them at the times. Like Harley Quinn was based yeah. on some famous actress, like Goldie Hawn, who would have been or, yeah.
1: like a. Guest it was on really the show. fun, and then uh, they Joe Cardonis, who drew a lot of that, uh, he drew like Howard the Duck at Marvel, pitched an '89 series that didn't go anywhere, but he put the the designs up on Twitter. Yeah, and they were gorgeous. He had like a. He had like a Gina Davis, Poison Ivy, Billy D. Williams, oh, Billy Williams, Williams as cool. Two-Face, yeah. wow. and it was, this is the Burton universe, not the Joel Schumacher universe, right. but how right. would we do the rest of the rogues gallery in this? And it hurt, it hurt because I would buy that book every single month, Yeah. but it also made me think this universe is two movies. Like as much as they wanted to say oh, Batman right. Forever was the third
0: it's movie. It's just the two. It's movie. not. No,
1: it's it's two a two separate thing. Batman yes, is, is two movies, Burton two vision. movies,
0: three movies. Uh, the Burton vision the Schumacher vision and the which, Nolans and then the Nolan vision. yeah and then yes. then One then, is it goes the <laughs> realistic.
1: Yeah. then Ben Affleck plays Batman in a couple of movies that don't pull together yeah. anywhere <laughs> mm. yeah. but I you know. it does make me think of like Seeing where it went with just Penguin and Catwoman, I, I always wonder, because it's so visually interesting, in a way that Bruce Tim was visually interesting, oh, and yes. the excitement of the animated series was like, oh my God, they're doing the Mad Hatter, they're doing Clayface. And I have it every Rachel afternoon, Gould. I
0: have Batman 89 yeah. going further, and now you have the long form what, of this brilliant interpreter. They're what would past. it have
1: been had they had done three,
0: four more in the Burton mm-hmm. mythos. yeah, right? well, just Burton like vision.
3: the the merchandising, or like, we had all these toys. Yeah. Do you remember the Batcave? Yeah. We had a it's Batcave is, toy.
1: I still have the Batman trailer. Yeah. With Wayne Manor?
3: Yes. Yeah. It was I, Wayne I Manor with all, all our Michael Keaton it's like Sebastian's Batman favorite toy. action figures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There was a Bat. We had a Batman Forever we just put in with those... They were like giant stalactites. Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: three different pieces connected by pieces. Yeah. And,
1: but it wasn't until the animated series where they could make everybody, because it was like, this movie... Was merchandising a perfect example? It was Batman, Joker, the car. That's visually what yeah. you could have. So it, so the merchandising was just the bat symbol on everything. everything Well,
3: and it's thinking about it like all the stuff that we have. Like, I have a Christmas ornament from like yeah from Hallmark that is Batman eighty nine Batman eighty nine Batmobile. Wow. Like and
1: it's still the best Batmobile.
3: Yeah, I, I'm partial yes. to 66, but
1: 66 is really cool. I'm not yeah. a fan of the tumbler,
3: but oh, no, the Tumblr. no, 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 no. One but is. we have like <laughs> matchbox cars. We had Batcave. Yeah. They made a, a roller coaster at Six Flags. It's still there. It's still there. And my yeah. dad had we, Michael we Keaton went, went on a t-shirt. We went last month. We went from the... like an airbrush. Remember his airbrush yeah. t-shirt that we bought at Six Flags?
4: Oh, and we had those McDonald's like cups. Yeah, they we have the six flags like, like yeah. collector cups, it was like Batman, a new the ride. Batman on it.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I know Star Wars did a lot with like the figures and everything, but I feel like Batman. Uh was this like merchandising bonanza. I think Star Wars backed
1: into it where they were like, okay, we'll do a couple toys and then the toys sold really crazy. So they were like, okay, more, 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 more. They were a little more prepared for Empire, but it always felt like they were a little behind the trend. Yeah. Like they were racing to keep up. Mm -hmm. Like Batman
0: knew what it was doing a year out. We should talk about the marketing because we're talking about the marketing and the business aspect and really what we see now 30 years later is... The cart before the horse. Where John and I were talking about this, and men, John mentioned you mentioned that it, you thought it was Amy Pascal who said we don't make movies anymore; we make marketing events yeah. mm-hmm. where you market something a year out. I remember this. I'll tie this off. Like in 1998, the Godzilla, the Roland Emmerich. Oh, they pushed that. They hard. marketed that thing, and I was like, "Yes, Godzilla's coming back. I can't. I love Godzilla. It was a year. His claws, as big as a sign, was everywhere, and the movie yeah. stunk. It was know? a great movie. It, I love that movie. <laughs> no, it's awful. It's awful. It's Garbage. It is a it. turd. We are not <laughs> getting into your it a New York defense of every late '90s movie ever. Dirt.
2: Just Godzilla '98. Now I will die on this hill You will <laughs> Alone You will
1: be
0: you murdered You the end. I'll die yeah. <laughs> This and is Hamburger Hill and, and grapple to the last with you Because that movie <laughs> I just flicked the screen off
3: I just like I, I think I saw it in 90.
2: theaters Like seven times Did you really? Uh, Yo, and yeah. then he watched right. it I I had
3: He watched it on an endless everything. loop At home I love that
0: movie wow. Well who oh. wasn't Love Godzilla I mean we saw him on television I love the big guy I'm so glad he's back But anyway Let's go back to 89 Yeah Okay, all they had to do, and John and I remember, was just Batman is coming. No words underneath, just the. Bat- it was just sign. the symbol. It was June the it symbol, the and symbol. then June twenty third. June twenty yeah. third, it's coming. You knew it was coming. Oh, I can't wait to see this. And I, I and remember, it, it was yeah, it was it made my junior year, money the first weekend.
1: It was my junior yeah. year. And all the of its whole- money. Yeah, yeah. It was and all a buildup. It was because Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out a month before. Yes, because now and you and even have... seeing the third Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie ever made. It still felt like it was a preview. Like I came out of Last Crusade going, "That was good. Batman is coming." Yes, like they put yes. it in everybody's well, brain. It's like
2: that movie poster with just the symbol, but Loved the symbol's it. breaking the frame. You know, it's yeah, not... it's like too wide to crop yeah, in. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh... I, I, I don't know who did it. We'll probably never know the name of that guy, but whoever put that together is it was fucking brilliant. People
1: didn't know it was the Bat symbol. People thought it was Teeth. What? Because
2: it, it looked like it oh, looked I could see that. It. It. Yeah. it looked but, yeah, like Teeth. Like,
1: like like I said, I was I was primed because I was in Batman yeah. after Dark Knight Returns and like I was there when I tried to call to save Jason Todd when he died. I was like, <laughs> I was everything we that there of <laughs> the moment. I got you. The so i deep. I was reading every article. I was up to speed. But for most people, they, a lot of people looked at the Bat symbol and went, hey, what is that? That's a yellow yeah. and black. What is hmm. Like they weren't even thinking that it was Batman, but they walked away thinking, what is that? What is... And then the exactly. trailer, it was yeah. one of the first trailers where people paid for the movie and walked out. Yeah, Interesting. I heard a lot about that. People that. would call
2: the theater to ask when or what movie's the trailer was playing before to go mm. buy a ticket, watch the trailer and then leave.
1: And it's not a great trailer. Like it's no. all
2: choppy. Yeah. There's no I mean, like there's no good. music
1: that carries it's over, there's no VO. Well, the trailers, it's just like they here's some stuff, some stuff, here's some like stuff, here's some stuff, here's some stuff. You know, mm. we're
2: kind of like uh, trailers are really But good even now. for the
1: time. Yeah. Like go but back, go back and like look minds. at like Star Trek the Indiana Jones Last Crusade trailer or Star Trek 5 came out that summer. Go look at those trailers. They're way more polished. They slapped that thing together so fast because people people were upset about Michael Keaton and people were wondering what the hell it was and they were like, we got to get something out. So and back cool then, again, no internet yeah. so they put it in theaters and like Entertainment Tonight showed it once. Yeah, yeah. they That
0: was just like, let's get the word out and people went Nuts. Yeah. And we're starting to see the rise of the snake eating its tail. We're starting to see the rise of marketing before movie yeah. uh, and going for pre-branded awareness. And now I think this is just my own opinion that we are eventually we're gonna run out of pop culture to mine from the 20th century. We need new stories for Hollywood blockbusters in Batman 89 was one of them. Really, where the big weekend is it. We own the weekend for the studios. We must win this because another one's coming right down the pike. And Americans are overworked, underpaid, and they just want to have a great time at the movies. And now the technological high ground is gone, even with IMAX, even with, we're still getting this, like, by-the-numbers stuff. And oh, we plateaued. And we yeah. plateaued. And we, we it's been 40 years since 1977 and Star Wars just came out of left field and blew our minds. Right. And created the mythological universe of the long form and the mythic character and then the comic books with Batman and Superman and now the Marvel comic universe and everything, this well, the Marvel broad Com- canvas, but we need another, the Marvel comic we universe, we need something to save the blockbuster. The Marvel comic universe tired. gives
1: me hope because I feel like the box office receipts have been very tied to the quality of the movies. When, when mm-hmm. you look like, what are the, like there's been four or five that crossed a billion. Those have oh, been some yeah. of the best ones. It's like, like Black the Avengers, Panther, Endgame, Endgame Infinity it was War. is like huge. Yeah, you know, it's like Ant-Man and the Wasp was fine, and it did fine. So, yeah. I think we're so inured to Blockbuster, blockbuster, block, And now they come out all year. They're not summer. Six months. They used to be yeah. summer. March to September. Yeah. Well, it used to be summer and Christmas. And now it's like, you get ones in February. You get them in October. They, it's just year round. But I do feel like we are going for quality. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're going to the things that are really, really, really good. You know, Force Awakens did the best out of those four movies. It's the best out of them. I mean solo did the solo did the least business because people were like, I don't think it's going to be good. And they just especially it. You can't assume when we get them every three to six months, quality. you can't you build on can. anticipation anymore. Batman had a year. Like we saw the trailer a year. And you know what? There were no mm. I can't think of what a big blockbuster was in eighty eight. I don't know that there was one.
3: Mm.
0: You know, and
1: I can think, think of movies back. that came out in 88, but I can't think of what the when big Jaws movie was.
3: Big,
0: some, Jaws was 1975. Jaws, yeah. Yeah. Jaws, By, 88, yeah. Jaws, yeah. By 88, you had you Jaws had 4. four. that was the first big That was the first big one, yeah. And then yes. Star Wars the right after it. But it, Jaws was based on a hot property. It was a best-selling book with Peter yeah. Benchley. so It, it was but, like the Marvel comic universe. Yes, mm-hmm. but the blockbuster is that it goes global. It goes all over the world. Arnold Schwarzenegger said to Will Smith, he said, young man, unless you can open a movie in Australia or Singapore, then you are not a movie star. We're seeing the global reach... And really, the explosion of the box office star, um, and now we have like the movie is the star, the property is the star. But right. It has to be yeah. pre branded. We have to know it, and it has to play overseas. Right. So we have to assault them with over the head, big spectacle. It costs so much money. You have to pass the hat. Oh yeah, what was what was Endgame? It was like five hundred million. No, oh how
2: much Lord. it cost to make? Yeah, it cost and them uh, a billion dollars to make, to both, make right? both movies. Yeah, that's. Insane. Yeah, that is, and they have made their, their, their the money. The of countries isn't It's that, just crazy. It's insane. Well, it's insane. like it's
1: like fifty big roles and then you know, oh yeah,
2: I think just, just you
1: can see it on, on the, the screen because that for
2: the talent for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm still not
1: over the final fight in Endgame. Like I feel, fi- oh, yeah. I've seen it twice, and that was two three months ago. I'm not. I have not processed that yet. They said
2: every major uh, uh, post house worked on those two movies. They said there was so much They had to employ effects, everybody. Yeah. They employed wow. every major post effects and that's, studio on the planet. And that's
1: what makes the Batman 89 so quaint. As I said before, it was the most expensive movie ever made. And when you look at Gotham City, it's like... An intersection that 35 people live in. Yeah. Like, when they have a parade, they can't fill the street for the parade.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's and like the parade the par- don't go very far. No, <laughs> no it, it goes every, around the corner. Yeah. Everything yes, goes yes. around the
0: corner of the
1: Monarch Theater. Yeah.
2: Everything. Yep. Everything.
0: Sure. It's kind of a smaller movie when we look at the scale that we have Oh, now. yeah. It's, right. it's just that's how the industry has changed. Yes. Because, you know, it costs more than Superman
1: did. That's crazy. Yeah, you know the original Star Wars: New Hope was eight million dollars. I know,
0: That's insane. I know. <laughs> no names. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. And also, they had these young, talented guys that were like creating the like the computer revolution ILM, enthusiasts. Yeah. You know, like George Lucas was kicked getting like his a ass kicked, storm. and yes, and he came back, and John Dykstra, they were fooling around. It was like a frat, it was like an Animal House, and like Van yeah. Nuys and nothing had been done, and George just had a fit, and ended up in the hospital and like from the making because they did it for like eight to nine to ten million. The budget yeah. was so small.
1: Yeah. Well, nobody believed in it.
0: No, it came out of completely left field. And that's the thing. So, yeah. Even George Lucas. The so, merchandising deals he made were so, he's like, well, if we can sell enough cookie jars of R2-D2, right. then mm-hmm. I can make the rest of the movies. He was a San Francisco independent indie guy that came from... It came like, from Coppola. He started yes, under he Coppola did. and Coppola's always Coppola's been apprentice. about
1: finance your own stuff.
0: Right. For a while. Right. Yeah, except Coppola doesn't have 4 billion dollars no. no it's interesting the like it's said that Zoetrope by Coppola was like very artistic and creative and everybody loved there but the toilets didn't work while his Lucas film at Skywalker mm. Ranch was this ultra modern sleek operation but a corporate wasteland where there was no soul and it's like George Lucas threw a party in the 1980s and nobody came because mm. he just like John Milius said that, you know, there's George up in Marin County in Lucasland, you know, making a bunch of pap. And here comes Howard the Duck. Right. 19- well, Which
1: is why he had to go back to Star Wars because yes. he, he wanted to push digital filmmaking. The only way he could do it was by making more Star Wars.
0: Well, also just in the 80s, he got his heart broken when Marsha took, took him to the cleaners. Yeah, well, and she edited New Hope and then divorced him. In and, then, and she had they an say that like in 82, 83 and you can see that in Indiana Jones in the temple oh a her guy God gets, his gets his heart ripped, ripped yeah. out yeah. <laughs> on screen you see Spielberg and Lucas just working out their demons <laughs> yeah. like Kate Capshaw is this shrilly once, blonde once yeah. you know that they're Take both that, going Amy through Irving. a divorce <laughs> yeah.
2: during the, making that movie that movie makes a lot
4: more sense
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> even more as casting Spielberg Spielberg marries the actress <laughs> right it's it's, does. Like the it's
2: shicks,
1: fucking crazy the chicks appear they're still absolutely
0: he loves her they're they very well matched
1: yeah so so you're right, Batman. Eighty-nine. I, I think it's easy to say we wouldn't have anything uh, superhero-based. We that we did. Yeah, it's
0: 89.
2: the it's the uh, it's the second most important super movie ever made. It's a linchpin. Superman one is the first Hollywood. one. Yeah. Yes, the Batman 89. Man,
0: Superman seventy-eight, the original. Yeah, Donner yeah I agree. Man.
2: We turned a corner with Superman. We turned another corner with Batman. Yes, Those we are did. The it two changed the industry.
0: Yeah. It changed. Yes, I would Business say the third is, third would be Sam Raimi Spider Man.
2: Yeah,
1: and then yes. Iron Man because that because that yes. beat Star Wars. That was yeah. the first superhero movie that just. Beat up Ev. Every...
0: That was two thousand two, right? Yeah. Spider Man yeah. had been in the in the wilderness for so long, developing. It took forever. Yeah. To get it took to forever. Was then I was the. I remember this. I was in Chicago at Sheffield. I come out of my apartment. A guy is walking down the street in a Spider Man costume, not a mask, head to, head to toe. I'm like, wow, something's going on here. I went to see it. it was great. Now we look at you know Sam Rae. The first one is kind of very mechanical. The Spider Man two. Spider-Man 2 yeah. is great. It, it is like But you know what? It's oh. You look at
1: the same Spider-Man the same way you look at the Tim Burton Batman. It's like, this was so important of its time and yet technology's moved on storytelling's become more mm-hmm. sophisticated and we've gotten hundreds of movies like this since. But there's there's still something about the charm of that movie. Yeah. And Spider-Man 2002? Like yeah, the, the Tim Raimi. Burton. I love the yes. Raimi Vision. The second one Logan is the best. I like Tobey Maguire so much Yeah, Spider-Man. He really nailed You need to see golden- Homecoming. I do. Well, you need to see, see Tom Holland that. as, as yeah. Spider Man. We got the rest of the day. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, but um, if you want to let us know what you think of Batman 89, if you think it's a piece of crap next to Dark Knight, uh, let us know. <laughs> I uh, will die
3: on that hill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm signing up I will right now. You down. No. <laughs> I will send hard-up demonic creatures to go to work on you in the night with etheric pliers and blow to. Well,
1: if <laughs> if you want to back up any of these threats, uh, you can find <laughs> us online. I'm at not of my book on both Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com dot Comics, where we post all the news and trailers and things like that. Um, how do we find everybody in the
3: room?
4: Uh, I'm on social media at
0: Mimble Wimbles.
3: I'm on Instagram at Queen Elizabeth. Uh,
2: Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan.
0: Twitter at Trafton Crandall. Yeah, everybody's somewhere. And
1: uh, you can listen to our show. How do you listen to our show, Steve?
2: You can listen to our show on Spotify,
1: Stitcher, and iTunes. And we are part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, click on the Lifestyle tab. Uh, we're under Back to you. We used to be the first one alphabetically, <laughs> but we're C and they're B. Yeah. But we will talk to you next week.